When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Friday morning to you. Good morning and welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We are live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. I do thank you very much for joining us. Joined as always by my friend and co host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County. Proud graduate of Florence High School. Very proud. If you were tuned in yesterday to the program, there was no more tangible, audible proof that he was proud of his alma mater and a proud graduate of Florence High School than the man who, of course, you know best for his outstanding work at Orange 24-7. That would be Jeff Howe. How you doing this morning? Thank you for mentioning the, the other place where I work, Craig. Oh, well, that's where you are. Orange well, 24-7. Yeah. Not everybody in this building does. That that you're that you are uh, ably and gamefully employed by Orange twenty four seven. You want to have my competition on anytime you need something? That's fine. Just do what you do, but you know, don't pretend to care about what I've got going on in the meantime. So, well, we care about you here. You know, that's that we we always care about. And before yours. anybody goes running to Inside Texas and posting something on the board, I've got no <laughs> issue with Jerry. I've got no issue with Bobby. It's not what I'm perturbed about. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have offered. Our Friday morning is off and running. I've offered my this, the uh, resources of my network to programs on this station, and yet programs on this station uh, refuse to take those olive branches and don't really enjoy promoting my product, so... There you go. Well, there you go. Plus, what am I going to do at this point if I cause a ruckus? I'm going to get fired? <laughs> fire me at this point? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, our, our man behind the glass, our producer, is Cameron Parker. How are you doing this morning, Cam? Craig, Jeff, Jordan Speed is currently T-second for the championship How about right that? Now. How about that? Buckle you... up, boys. Are your pants on, Cameron? I'm strapped in right now. The the open championship round two underway and Jordan Spieth has it has it going although uh he doesn't have the round of the day yet. Not yet. Uh um, look, I know he's doing well, Cameron. I just need you to hands hands where we can see him, keep your pants on. <laughs> just 
<laughs> Calm yourself back there. So, <laughs> he's, he's fired up about it as well. And he should be fired up today about today because today. You think, uh, by the way, you think uh, Jordan Spieth is going to get a let's go Justin tweet from uh, Chris Del Conte at some point this weekend? <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh so, uh, Cameron Parker will be taking music survey in the 11 o'clock hour. Yes. Today. So we could find out a little more about his, his music. Our Specs text line is open at 337-3776. Somebody says, good morning, Grumpy Jeff. I just need, just need to get that out of my yeah, system. You did. Otherwise, I'm you, good. You kind of kind of like when you get a little bit backed up. I actually I actually backed up, like physically backed up. Yeah. yeah you know, and you talked um, about that, you know, I... Yeah, that, well... You got to flush it? You got to get it out? Yeah, sometimes you do. Yeah. You know, you just need to take one of those days. By the way, did I tell you guys I had a little bit of the stomach bug on uh, on Wednesday? I didn't uh, know. You, you didn't know what? Know. You know what I realized? And unbeknownst to me, we had a bag of tortillas, homemade tortillas, sitting on the counter. Mm. And I grabbed one. And all day, I'm just like, oh, man, something's wrong. I didn't realize till later those tortillas had mold on them, so I ate a moldy tortilla. So Ugh. I paid the price. Ah, oh, yeah, that that would do that. It, it, it could be okay. Uh, uh, some <laughs> one of our one of our loyal Texas says Jeff has the princess daughter, and isn't he a bit of a diva at times? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps <laughs> you're not you're not denying that. <laughs> so it's Jeff, you're a stud. Block out the haters. Hey man, sometimes you uh, sometimes you just got to stand up for yourself. You know what I mean. Yeah. You can de- de- relay a message only so long before that message <laughs> just needs to be a little louder and a little clearer. Well, here's a message we're relating. We're, uh, we will. Let, uh, no, I'm just going to say this right now. We will give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Now, at last report, the phone banks weren't working. So if they continue to not be working, we will find another way to do it. I'm do we, not, do we have phones right now, Cam? Someone call in. Let's see. I'll call right now. 512-447-3776. So Brian Harmon is the leader of the Open Championship. He shot a six-under round of 65 today, including an eagle on the par 518th. He's at minus 10. Jordan Spieth is five under through seven holes. Tommy Fleetwood minus five through four. Fleetwood had been tied for the opening. What's what's the amateur's name? Christo Lambrecht. Ooh, as he struggled. He has been all over the golf course. I saw him. I saw him hit one off of a, a merchandise building this morning. <laughs> yeah. I saw him put one on a road. He hit one off a road. Some uh, dude hit one off a souvenir stand. I, I, he did. The guy, the amateur, who was yeah. tied for the first first round lead. Six the road? foot eight. Is he He's like? Six, uh, eight. Is he like Michael Dixon, who in one of his first practices at Texas shanked a punt onto Red River Street? Yeah, it was like it's like that. <laughs> Except he's, his whole second round on the front nine has been like that. So that's, that's an apt comparison because he's going to be a stud at Georgia, and it worked out for Michael Dixon. Michael Dixon, Michael Dixon turned out okay. Yeah, he did. He went a long way from shanking punts onto the road, and we're like, oh man, I don't know about this. And uh, and went Oklahoma State though, right? Yeah. And, went, and then he was winning Texas games by the end of his yeah. uh, by the end of his tenure. And how about the OG Stewart sink minus four and hanging in there as well? Yeah, I got a uh, I got a call failed on the uh, call to the uh, hotline cam, and somebody else said phone's still down. All right, so, so uh, you know uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna give one away. You know what? We're, we're gonna give one away, and I'll tell you when. 
you know, I have to text something specific so we'll know that's when, when we do it on the Specs text line. But I'm going to tell you right now, as a bonus, as a bonus, Cam, reach out to Potato Head, who has asked us a couple of times, just mail me yeah. one in Idaho. Potato Head, since you caught on to what we're going to have to do today, you're going to get a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Nice. Magazine. Yeah. So for uh, so the phones are are down. And potato, where, pot, I want Potato Head to text back and tell us where they are in Idaho. Yeah, yeah. Tell uh, where where in Idaho you are, uh, Potato Head. But, but I hear uh, I hear Cordelines of fine town. It is. I worked a Journey concert in Boise. That's right. You've been to the great state of Idaho. Yep. Also did NCAA tournament for Westwood One called Tyus Edney's Drive. That's right. You did the Tyus Edney game in '95 for Westwood One. Also worked a Journey concert in Pocatello. Mm. Where Idaho State is, that's where Brian Adams was the lead-in for Journey, and this has been now 40 years ago this summer. It was 83. The Frontiers Tour came out, and he's like, what's up, you spud butts? And they were all looking at each other like, this dude is calling a spud butt. Then he went and he rocked out, and they were okay What the? What do they call the dome there where Idaho plays well, football? Well, back then it was called the, the Mini Dome. The Tater Dome? <laughs> it was called the Mini Dome, and it was the second oldest domed stadium in the United States behind only... The Astrodome. Mm. Uh, it was built in 1970, and it was one of those airplane hangar domes, like the Kibbe Dome up in up in um, in uh, uh, Moscow, Idaho, where the University of Idaho is. Oh, that's and, the one I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Kibbe. Uh, that, that's got a corporate name on it. The Mini Dome, old, an old concrete structure there in Pocatello. I think it's it was called Holt Arena for a long time. So it may, it may still be called that. I don't know. It, it, but they've, they've all got corporate names on them now. You know what? If one of those domes or stadiums in Idaho was smart, they would have some type of potato tie-in yeah. for a corporate sponsorship. And they could go from eastbound and down and put one of Kenny Powers' potato stands in their stadium. There you uh, go. Well, they, stadium. Do, they do have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl there in Boise. And, of course, you'd go. have to have a whole lot of fixings. With your potatoes. All right. So there's Potato Head's address, so he can he can be mailed one in Ketchum, Idaho. You got to tell us where Ketchum is. Craig, what the kind of fixings you like with your baked potato? Uh, uh, potato Head says Mini Dome is now called Holt Arena. That's yeah. It was it was called Mini Dome back then. Um. So yeah, that's that's where it is. But you I big chives guy. <laughs> Buhika says, would they call it the Tater Tot? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. If they did that, uh, so anyway. I need I need states to lean into their bits. Yeah, like we have a lot of Lone Star such and such here in the state. Yeah. Just lean into it. Yeah. Uh, you asked me how it was with Boss Gags last night. Outstanding show. I want I want your Boss Gags review, and I want to know what you like on your baked potato because I don't think I've ever been with you. I'm I've a lo- I'm a loaded dude. I've I've shared many meals with you, Craig. I don't think we've shared a baked potato together. Though. I I like <laughs> butter, <laughs> uh, sour cream, cheese. Uh, chives. I, I, I like mine loaded. The, you know, I still think of all the meals I've had with you, including your wedding, where I had the sheet crab soup, which mm-hmm. was excellent. Rod and I still talk about it. I think the best chicken in terms of just the actual meat, I still think is the chicken we had in Okarchi at yeah. Aishin's Bar. At Aishin's. Yeah. Just, I've never had chicken breast that was... You know, you, sometimes you get chicken breast, even on fried chicken, it's kind of dry. Right. Not this This one. was the juiciest, Cameron, I'm telling you, like the juiciest. It's like they injected it with heavenly seasoning, and it's just seeping it's out of the hold, meat. hard to hold because it's so hot. Yeah. So, the juiciest chicken breast I've ever had. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. It, really, really good. I mean, and and, and Rod Baber's going into that. I, I give him credit for this. He was absolutely convinced nothing could top Frenchie's. 
And I love Frenchies. I've been down there, as we know, down in the ward there at Frenchies. I mean, it's it's been well told. Rod told a story after I mentioned it. I went. You there. know, there's a new. They moved. They yeah. moved down a little bit, so it's they, not yeah. like the old. I, I know. I kind of missed the old uh, the old hut looking place. Yeah, that's that. That's where I went when it was eleven o'clock at night in a suit, and and ate outside there with the chicken eleven o'clock yeah. on a Thursday night. And there was and and Rod said nobody was going to mess with you because they thought you were a fed because I was wearing a suit having done a game over at Clear Lake that night. But you see, like you know, it's weird. It's like in the third ward, right? Like you can see uh, what I guess what used to be Robertson Stadium right yes. across the way. TDECU, where there the Longhorns will play I, on October twenty first. Yeah, I forget the name of that stadium. Uh, but like you roll up there and like it's just a little. It was a little wooden shack looking thing, but. Man, there's like you'd see like Mercedes and BMWs yeah. and stuff in the parking lot because everybody come from far and wide to get them some Frenchie's fried chicken. Yeah. So here's how uh, to me there's there's I like I like Cameron's idea of power ranking things to put them in tiers. You know I like the bill like the Bill Simmons Hall of Fame pyramid. I like the it. Pantheon. So like the top tier of chicken for me would be Aishans would be up there just yeah. because of the juicy meat. Frenchy. Well, well, that's why I sort of say Rod went in there and, and admitted he yeah. said he said now the spices and things that's Frenchies. The crust, and, yeah. the crust and the brine, I'd go Frenchies yeah. and then but the bird. Right. That's what he said. And then pretty, the best pretty strong bird. the best combination of the two would be Willie Mae's Scotch House in New Orleans. So like okay. those three are on tier one. There you go. That's the t- the chicken tier one for me. There you go. All right. Yeah. That's that's. Uh, that's cool. Uh, oh, you put gravy on your potato, don't you, Craig? Not on a baked potato. Have you ever tried it? I, uh, no. I'm, I'm not a, opposed to trying gravy on anything. I said I'd eat it on an old shoe. I mean, I, you know, I'll try gravy on just about anything. I bet you brown gravy on a baked potato. Yeah. Linda, if you're listening, brown gravy and on I've a baked had potato. The, I've had those those bakers that have the big, uh, the big they, they get stuffed with chili and cheese and stuff yeah. like that. I've done those before. Yeah. So you might need to try some brown gravy on a baked potato. Yeah, I think you may be right about. I think that. I think you might have to tell Linda to do baked potatoes one night, and then yeah, and maybe mix me a little 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 side pot of some brown gravy. Yeah, uh, put it in the boat. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I probably should uh, <laughs> I should give that uh, a shot. Somebody said that uh, had texted in on the Specs text line about uh, said ULM. Back then, NLU beat Marshall in the Mini Dome at 87 for the 1AA championship. I believe that was the Tacoma Dome. I think that was in Tacoma, Washington, because they had back-to-back national title games in there. And Arkansas State, I think, won it in 86 when they were running the ham bone with Tracy Ham and that group. Jeez. And then in 87, then Northeast Louisiana, who beat North Texas in a, in a rematch in the playoffs, um, uh, Quarterbacked by Stan Humphreys. Wow! Yeah, uh, they beat North Texas by a point. And this was two years at in the losing quarterback in, in Super Bowl twenty nine. This was two years after a then Northeast Louisiana beat North Texas on a fifty yard hail mary by Bubby Brister Whew. in eighty five. And I was there in the booth with Bill Mercer calling both of those games in eighty five and eighty seven. And then, um, and then they played again in the first round of the FCS playoffs back then, one double A, and Northeast beat them pretty good. And then they went on and they won the national championship. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Brown gravy with meatloaf is pretty damn good. I totally agree with all that. Thank you for the texter that picked up on my Kenny Powers reference. Yeah. To some Phoenix. Yeah. So uh, uh, give texters a chance who are using the Horn app, says Elio. Uh, you know what? Uh, that's why I said there's going to be a method to it, and we'll get it figured out uh, on that. I'm going to – that will give those an opportunity to uh, – who are using who are listening on the app because we always appreciate those who are listening uh, on the app absolutely that that we're doing that somebody said do you fancy the gravy at church's chicken yeah i've had it before it's not bad like i said it's um it would be incorrect to say that you really can't screw up brown gravy because you can but you, you, anybody that knows a little bit about cooking that does gravy can do it right. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say it that way. Right. They can, they can do it without screwing it up. Um, so, yeah. And and Linda is really good at, at not screwing that up. She does does that really well. So she had a good time, too. We had a good time. Uh, Boscax was really good. Did a lot of R&B in addition to all of his hits. Um, you know, and it had a lot of Yacht Rock ladies kind of almost rushing the stage going down there. Uh, down there at the Paramount uh, when he was doing Lido Shuffle and when he was doing Lowdown and when he was doing Breakdown Dead Ahead, when he was doing all the, the hits. But he also but he also did a lot of uh, R&B stuff. He did, he did some blues and played four different guitars during the course of the evening, really not a Les Paul. And uh, he did, he did. Sounds like a good show. It was, it was a really good show. Uh, enjoyed it very much. So did you I, guys get dinner before? Or did we did. You do the- Post post show meal. No, no, we we did before we went early and got us uh, a fine steak at a local downtown uh, uh, steakhouse. No, yeah. and uh, and did that, and then uh, and then went to the show. Was it perhaps a steakhouse? I'll just say that it was a high profile. Was it a steakhouse that, in some way, can be tied to your play by play career? I'll just say. It was a high-profile downtown steakhouse, and we'll leave it at that. We'll we'll, uh, we'll go there. Uh, hey, by the way, somebody texted in, and, and, and according to the NCAA's official record books, the 87 1AA championship was contested at the Mini Dome in Pocatello, oh. Idaho. Oh, well, I stand corrected, and I'm glad, to, I'm glad to know they got to host that. I'm glad to know that. I knew they had one in the Tacoma Dome, and I know what I'm thinking of. The women's final four went in back-to-back years to the Tacoma Dome because our great and late uh, Longhorn football producer, Bill Harwell, produced those broadcasts for Westwood One back in the day. And those were in the Tacoma Dome. Women's final four, they went back-to-back years. So it's good to know they were in the mini-dome. Glad to hear that. Do you ever uh, did you ever call a game in the old kingdom, Greg? Uh, uh, covered games. Never called a game. When I was doing the... Um, Major Indoor Soccer League Championship Series <laughs> in 1987 between the Dallas Sidekicks and the Tacoma Stars in that aforementioned Tacoma Dome. Mm-hmm. On the off night between games, the Rangers were playing the Mariners. Oh, dang. So as an employee of KRLD, I went over and covered Tacoma those to games. Seattle's like, what, an hour? Oh, no. It's it's like Dallas to Fort Worth. It's 30 minutes. It's like here to San Marcos. Yeah, I know it's not very it's, far. It's not far. And, and, uh, and, and I went uh, and covered it, and it was a – it was a well-pitched game. Mark Langston was pitching for the Mariners one of the nights that I went. I went to two of the Mariners games with the Rangers there at the Old King Dome. 
And then in 95, I was there for the Final Four. Mm-hmm. That would have been Arkansas, North Carolina, UCLA, Oklahoma State. Oh, country. that was the Final Four where during the, uh, the open practice, Bryant Reeves broke the backboard. I was there. Yeah. He shattered the backboard. That was also the day for me personally. For me personally. It was a much more impactful day during workout and press conference day. The day before the Final Four, the day that Big Country Reeves shattered the backboard, what was more impactful for me that day, Jeff Howe, was the day that I first put my lips to a cup of coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> and my life. That's a seminal moment in your life. Has never for been sure. the same. They had a Starbucks inside the Kingdom, and I thought, you know, I'd seen one on, on Northwest Highway at Preston in Dallas, and I'd have never stopped there. And I thought, oh, it's all the thing. And I went up there and I looked at the menu and I said, that mocha sounds interesting. I tried, yeah, that was crack. I was hooked. There, have you been to the Starbucks? Because I know you've been yes. to Seattle a time or two. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Have you been to the? Uh, I think there's. I think it's the one. I don't know if it's in the Pike Place Market or it's somewhere in the vicinity of the Pike Place Market. Yeah, the original one. Yeah, where you can get like. Different kind of roasts that they don't sell in other yes. parts. Like you have to go to that store if you want this particular roast. You want these particular beans. I went to that one when I went up to do a Texas women's game. My first year of doing the women's play-by-play, ninety-seven, ninety-eight, mm-hmm. and they were playing Washington at the old Heck Ed Heck Edmondson Pavilion. I think it's now called the Bank of America Arena, whatever. Uh, but I did go down to Pike Place, and they did go down to the original Starbucks down there. But I think all I had was. You know, uh, uh, was a mocha because I was so hooked on mochas by then. I told you when we went to Seattle, Tamar got hit with a fish at Pike's Market. <laughs> they were doing the bit where they like throw the fish back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one dude, the fish slipped out of his hand and it hit her in the Whack leg. I got. I'll show you the video during the break. I want to see it. Yeah. I, I want to see it. You know, you saw the All Star crew, the MLB All Star game. They were all yeah. whatever there, and they were wearing gloves. And the guys at Pike Place were telling them, you know, it's easier to catch without the gloves. Yeah, I love. Uh, man, one thing I liked about that. Uh, about Pike's Market is uh, found some really good chowder. I think it was called like Pike's Pike's Chowder or something like that. Yeah, and, uh, and I just said whatever your chowder it was like. I think it was clam chowder that day, or mm. it was lobster chowder, or something. Yeah. It was really good. But like the fresh fruit that you can get there, yeah. fresh flowers, fresh fruit. Man, I bought a bag of fresh Rainier cherries. Whew. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be awesome. Somebody asked me if I ever called a basketball and uh, the old No AC Lubbock Municipal Coliseum the bubble. Yes. Did several I never there was a game in ninety five when Sonny Alvarado went flying over the table to try to save a ball inbounds and his back came down on his back on one you've seen these before, Jeff. Uh when you're in a basketball arena and when and when television crews lay cable, they cover it with those real hard plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little black gimmicks. They, it, yeah. It almost looks like a a, a, a street bump. Like a speed going, table, yeah, yeah. A speed yeah. bump thing. Yeah, he he came down on one of those on his back and got up, and he was in a lot of pain. But he, he went on and played because Sonny was a tough dude. Oh, yeah. We we were talking about tough, feared Texas basketball players the other day. Gabe Manecki, man, mm-hmm. Gabe Manecki might have a tier at top by himself. Mm-hmm. Sonny Alvarado would be tier two. He was a tough dude. Uh, game of his life had to be against North Carolina. I was going to say the North Carolina game in Chapel Hill. Uh, well, the, the or the one in Austin the oh, next true, year in '95. Had a massive game then. That was the Ron McKelvey weekend of the show. Oh, Bowl. that was all the same weekend. That was the day, that was the day we found out. <laughs> oh, Bill man. Schoening and I flew back from New Orleans to do that basketball game after being in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl for several days with news conferences and all that other kind of stuff. And we flew back on uh, one of the state pooling board aircraft with that with athletic department personnel 
to call the game. And Sonny Alvarado played really well, and they won. Uh, and then it was, is when we got back to the state pooling board to fly back to New Orleans that we learned about the uh, Ron McKelvey, Ron, we were like, what? What? Imposter? What? That that was that day. Uh, uh, unfortunately for Sonny also, his memories will carry when, when they played in the NCAA tournament the next year, a Wake Forest team led by Tim Duncan. And... Texas was in position down a point. He, he yeah. missed a layup right underneath that would have probably won the game, but uh, they lost by three, and so that was that. But Sonny was a hard-nosed, good player. Those games in the bubble, Texas lost one year there, and um, that night I think was a Sunday night ESPN game that was a 105-103 triple overtime to Tech. And they lost another game to Tech. And that was during the James Dickey run with Darvin Ham and all of them. It was really good. Lance Hughes. Good to Lance Georgetown Hughes. Georgetown zone. Yeah, the 94, 95, 96 teams where they also lost a game to Tech, 128 to 125. Was it Jason Sasser, the Sasser yep. who played the Texas yep. Tech? I yep. got my Sassers confused. Yep, so. yep. Uh, that, that one might have been Gerald by then. Was it? Okay. The, the Gerald Jason. Uh, I uh, I called a state championship game where Jason was playing for Kimball, and I want to say that was 1990, maybe. So maybe it was. It, it, it could have been. It I like been. Longhorn Bear. Ron McKelvey is now on the roster at the University of Colorado. Uh, if only the, the ongoing deep into that transfer yeah, portal. Yeah, probably would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, we need a break. Uh, when we come back. Uh, I know Jeff's going to hit you with the football recruiting news yeah. on the notebook. I'm going to give you the basketball conference opponents for Texas. That was on the docket today. Uh, it, didn't know where you wanted to stick it in. I figured we'd probably do the meeting notebook. I mean, this might be the only notebook we do today is in hour one because I know Cameron's got the music survey. Yes, that's why I figured we'd hit them both yeah. this hour. So uh, so we'll hit both of those topics. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the basketball and some perspective on that. Jeff, obviously, will have the latest on the football recruiting because he is, after all, from Horns 24-7. Indeed. So, and we got it covered go. there. There you are. All right, this is Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049 AM twelve sixty live, local and digital, on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Like the tower. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. A reminder, 11 o'clock hour, Cameron Parker takes the music survey. Is this part of your uh, music survey? It is not. Sorry. I'm sorry, Craig. Although, I I do love Lowdown. Yeah. You love Lowdown. It was a great rendition of it. Fans went crazy. You got any fog hat on your music survey? (laughs) No. Because he's a fool for the city, right? Ah, If there was like... A good road trip song. I mm-hmm. think Slow Ride would be. Slow Ride is be up there. There you go. Ten, right? There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. Absolutely. Um, Every time I hear that song, I think of uh, 
I think of Wooderson in the Camaro on his way to Houston for Aerosmith. Yeah. At the end of Dazed and Confused. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that that is coming up. Uh, also inconceivable coming up. And it is Friday, Cam. What does that mean? We're all flaccid in the studio right Flacidity now. Flaccidity will be running amok. It's it not be. because of the air conditioning being out. No. <laughs> but although, although being humid and sweaty and feeling grotesque could induce... Flaccidity, flaccidness. <laughs> hey, it's it's the last Florida Friday with all of us together. Oh, so it is, gotta, isn't it? Because you're out next yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Man. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know if Jordan Spieth continues this climb at the Open Championship. Cameron's not going to be flaccid for the rest of the show. No, I'll be, I'll be flying to <laughs> Europe. Uh, we'll be doing that. <laughs> the sports pants will be far from flaccid. There we go. All right, uh, let's jump right in with our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Now, before Jeff gets to the football, uh, we're going to give you the basketball. Day. You may have seen it yesterday. Yesterday on the program, the women's uh, Big 12 Conference listing of opponents is the way I put it. Not scheduled, because they're not scheduled yet. There's no dates on it. The listing of their opponents uh, we're there. And we ran that down yesterday, uh, the women's, and you can obviously uh, see it uh, texasports.com and the Big 12 site for all of the opponents as well. But the men's uh, conference opponents came down later in the afternoon. And as is the case for the women's schedule, there are 18 conference games. Out of the 18, 10 of the games will be home and home against five different opponents. And then there are four games against conference opponents that will be home games, and there are four games against conference opponents that will be road games. Four home only, four away only, five opponents where you play home and home. So for the Longhorns, here's your home and away opponents, in case you hadn't heard. Home and away, Baylor, which will be good because you get a chance to call a game in the brand-new Baylor Bears arena, which opens... I think John Morris told me January 2nd yeah. or something. Uh, did JMO tell this or did somebody else tell me? I might have heard it from multiple people. The plan is to do non-conference at the Farrell Center, and then the start of Big 12 play will be the shift to the new building. That's what, what is the new building called, by the way? Do we know uh, Somebody will tell us if I hadn't yet. Um, yeah, we'll look it up. It is a, I, it's, got a, it's got a name on it. It's a one-name thing on it. It'll, it'll come in here. Foster Pavilion. That's it. So, Foster Pavilion. Uh, so, anyway, that'll be uh, – so they have Baylor home and home. Houston home and home. That'll be nice going down to the Fertitta Center. Have you been in that building? I know the shell of it is the old Hoffines. Right. The last time you were there was that for the CBI. It was. It was the last time I was at the CBI, <laughs> and it was undergoing its renovation at the time. It had done some things. <laughs> or that look you described on Rick Barnes' face during the shoot-around. Shoot-around. <laughs> Just standing there looking at it, disgustedly going, it's all going to change, Craig. It's all going to change. What's going to change? This. <laughs> Just can't continue. Uh, 16 and 18. And, yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff changed after it that. Did. Uh, so uh, Houston home and home, Baylor home and home, Oklahoma home and home. One more trip to Lloyd Noble. Well, probably not the well, last one. Though. No, there'll be many <laughs> in yeah. the SEC days. Hopefully hopefully that arena issue up there gets solved because now the rumblings are starting. Yeah. Amongst the OU faithful. Yeah, because it's a mess. Yeah. Not very good. Although Texas has played there well there yeah. in recent years. Uh, Texas Tech. So there will be one more trip to United Supermarkets Arena uh, there for that. For them. The women have to go there, too. 
uh, for that. Same thing with OU, same thing with Baylor, same thing with Houston. And uh, West Virginia, they have home and away. The women have just an away. That is West so Virginia. random that the West Virginia is one of the home and homes. Got one more trip there for the men. Anyway, may have one for the women if it's not a conflict with a men's game of scheduling conflict. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe yeah. they'll do one of those double headers, and you can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, they did that a few years ago. It was all right. Well, Vic Schaefer might disagree with you on <laughs> that. They, they lost by twenty five that night, and it wouldn't. Good at all. <laughs> Men won, though, on the Andrew Jones shot yeah. in the corner that earlier that day. All right, so those are the, the home and away opponents. Baylor, Houston, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. On the at Home only, Central Florida, uh, the women have to go to Orlando. Iowa State, the women play Iowa State. The, the final athletic event for the University of Texas in Ames, Iowa, will be the football game this fall. That's right, because there's some baseball. Because uh, yeah. both the home, uh, the women and the men have home games only against Iowa State. So you've made your last, pro- you've probably made your last trip ever into Hilton Coliseum then. Yep. Yep. That crazy thing last year, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that was the uh, Caleb Grill, yep, yep. Dylan Mitchell incident. Yep. So and Caleb uh, Grill wasn't even on the team by the end of the season. Nope. Nope. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, Kansas State, home only. No, the, Bram, no Bramlage, no Octagon. You've made, and you probably made your last trip to the Octagon of Doom, right? Uh, well, you know, you mentioned about the oddity of a home and home in West Virginia. The women have an odd, have the home and home with K State. Oh, yeah. Uh, and baseball's going back there one more time. Okay. I yeah. know that. And Oklahoma State home only. So if if I do the women's game in Stillwater, depending on scheduling, yeah. that will yeah. be the last time I go to Gallagher Iva, at least in the foreseeable future anyway but i've heard you and others say this when they did the renovations and what they do they raised the roof not the same yeah just it lost a lot of the advantage that they had from the days when it was 6381 and that ceiling was so low and like to me remember in the glory days of that program you know where they went under 87 they went to a final four you know for johnny allen lucas and that team yeah to see what like the attendance for games now and mike mike boynton's a really good coach i agree i think all things equal, I can make an argument Mike Boynton is the best coach in this league. He's definitely one of the top. Considering he probably works with, with less tools than a lot of some of the other coaches have to work with. But to see, you know, like their crowds, even for big non-conference, even like for the OU game, that yeah. place isn't full. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of it's sad. But. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and uh, so those are the home-only games. Central Florida, Iowa State, K-State, and Oklahoma State. And the away-only games... BYU, and I just when I thought I was out, when I thought I would not have to make a trip to Provo because baseball's coming here, uh, football will be playing BYU here, the women are playing BYU here, but the men do have a trip to Provo, Marriott Center. Uh, I did one game there, women's game. It was the leadoff game of the Final Four season, I believe it was, or maybe the season before, and and Texas got throttled. A really good BYU team, but but Jamie Carey, you could tell was going to be a player for them that night, and and they went on. But that's that's the only time I've ever done a game in the the Marriott Center mm-hmm. in Provo. But the men will play there. Cincinnati. Now I've done a game. I've done uh, NCAA tournament for the women at Fifth Third Bank Arena. I think it's called. That used to be the Centos Center. No, that was Xavier's. Place. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it, right. I think that's it's right. called. I think it's always been called Fifth Third Bank. 
uh, arena. And uh, not a bad arena. It's not bad. Uh, and that is the only road. Yes, Fifth Third Arena. Yeah, Fifth Third Arena. That is the only road contest for Texas athletics at Cincinnati. Because hmm, football's not playing Cincinnati. Baseball's not going to play Cincinnati, from what I understand. And then and the women have Cincinnati at home. So the men will play at Cincinnati. Uh, one more trip to Allen Fieldhouse. No I'm, argument there. I'm, I'm going to have to make that one. you got to go to the fog. i gotta, I got to do it. Yeah. One, so one final trip to Allen Fieldhouse. And then uh, TCU. Uh, one, uh, one final trip to Ed and Ray Schollmeyer Arena. In Fort Worth. Uh, the women play TCU at home. The women play Kansas at home. So, yeah. So, you, you tie all this together for the men, and you look at the non-conference schedule, too. You're in the Empire Classic with you'll face two of UConn, Indiana, and Louisville. You've got the Big East Big 12 battle with Marquette. That's in Milwaukee. Yep. Is there... Well, they got LSU and Houston. Uh, that's the neutral site one that I was thinking of. I, I figured I didn't know if that was this year, if that was somewhere down the road, but I guess that is this Toyota year. Toyota Center. Uh, are they doing the Pac-12 deal with Stanford or somebody else again? Uh, I've not heard that that's happening okay. again. Um, it's going to be a really good non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for, for home games, maybe not so much. Who would be the marquee opponent coming into Moody this year? Well, for the women, it's UConn. Well, yeah, but for the men, it's what, <laughs> uh, Baylor, Houston? Yeah, so far. Yeah. So and far. last year, last year, Gonzaga, Creighton, Kansas, I mean, we had some really good home yeah. games last year. Right. What is the Big 12 uh, conference, you know, the, the, home, the home and aways they do with the conference versus, like, the SEC? Well, the the SEC. The Big 12 went, SEC challenge went away because yeah. the SEC is doing it with the, they doing it with the ACC or the Big 10? Think the I think, ACC I think because the ACC, ACC Big Ten challenge is no more. Yeah. So does the Big Twelve have one this year? The Big what, East. Okay, so that's when they have to go to Marquette. Okay, so it is at Marquette. The Big Twelve Big East battle is what that actually. Is. Since it's at Marquette, you have to say the Big East Big Twelve battle. That's true. If you want to be, uh, that's true. If you want to be correct, correct. That'll be at Pfizer <laughs> Forum. Been but, there. Yeah, you have. Nice, nice little too. venue. Yep. Loser has to take Shaka Smart back as head coach. <laughs> Shaka did a pretty good job with them last year. Oh, yeah. Loser has to go to uh, one of the outstanding bars in Milwaukee and do a beer flight of the other team's choice. Wow. Okay. That'd be interesting. That's losing? Well, (laughs) well, the other team's (laughs) choice. The other team's buying. The the other team's choice. Go on a cheese tour. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cheese tour. tour. There you go. You know, I was looking at Kansas' schedule. Cam's going to do a cheese flight. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at Kansas' uh, Big 12 schedule. They get... Um, Houston home and home. Well, that'd be cool for yeah. U of H fans. Uh, they have Baylor home and home, Houston home and home, K State obviously home and home, OU and Oklahoma State home and home. Home only for Kansas is BYU, Cincinnati, TCU, and Texas, and away only Central Florida, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Uh, I remember when I was up for Big 12 Media Day and we had the play-by-play guys dinner, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the broadcaster dinner when we were together and they were. And we were saying, has anybody seen the Big 12 basketball schedule yet? And we were all kind of joking like you were. It's under lock and key and all this stuff. And uh, and uh, bless his heart, uh, Wyatt Thompson, the play-by-play voice for Kansas State, goes, 
somebody in athletics told me we're only playing, we're not playing Kansas. And I'm like, there's no way in hell that's not happening. <laughs> a, there's no way in hell that's not happening. B, there's no way in hell it won't be a home and home. It'll yeah. be a home and it is. It's a, it Man, is. When's, when's the last time Iowa State and Kansas only played one time a year? It might have happened during the COVID year. I don't know. But. Uh, maybe. No, I think they, well, I don't know. Well, but, but, but they definitely did, you know, in the days, well, no, they were both in the scheduling alignment of the North. Yeah. Yeah. So if it didn't happen in COVID, it hadn't uh, happened since big been seven been conference days, even predating the big eight. It would have been a long, long time ago. Yeah, I finally got this load. I was about to say is the, the phones are failing us. I don't know if the internet was starting to fail us uh-huh. too. There we go. Yeah, basketball season will be here by the time this thing gets loaded. There we go. Uh, I'm looking at the COVID year. Um, Kansas and Iowa State. Okay, that game was postponed. There's nope. They played twice. They played a back to back during the COVID year. Yeah, because I one I got postponed. That. Yeah, Iowa State. Remember, they had a whole bunch of games rescheduled, including with Texas. Baylor did too. Those were the two yeah. teams that seemed like really just everything got thrown out of way. That that last week of the regular season, Texas had a uh, a Monday night game uh, against Iowa State, a Thursday game. And and that was in Ames, a Thursday game in Norman, and then a Sunday game in Fort Worth at TCU. They had three games in that last week. The Iowa State game was the only Big Twelve conference game that I did remotely and did and was not in the arena. We were very fortunate. We got to work in the arena just about every game, but we didn't for that because it was a late reschedule and um it was going to be difficult to manage, especially with the other two road games and uh I'd already planned on doing the baseball game that night against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And the Iowa State game was set up for 5 in the afternoon. And so we did it uh, from the bowels of DKR Texas Memorial Stadium in the Mm -hmm. video room, called that game remotely, raced over, and did the baseball game. So afterwards, from Monday, February 27th through Tuesday, March 7th, Span of what is that, eight days? Yeah. Texas played four basketball games. Yeah. It was one, pretty much one every other game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I think, well, 2020 was a leap year. I think it was four games in nine days. I remember now. That yeah, because there was up. no 29th. Yeah. Uh, yeah, February 27th, that was a Monday. They were, wait, no. Am I reading that right? Oh, that's 20, wait. Are you looking at the 2020? I'm looking at 2023. My bad. Well, then that would that would tend to be an issue then if you were looking at 2023. Yeah. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on, phone. There we go. Yeah, that was a, a Sunday. That yeah. was a, so they played t- in Lubbock on a Sunday. Yeah. Then on Tuesday they were in Ames. Yep. Then on Thursday, Thursday they were Norman. in Norman, yep. and then su- the the following Sun- Sunday, Sunday they TCU. were in Fort Worth. That that week, like I said, on that Tuesday, I did the Tuesday game remotely here, raced over to Dish Falk, called the baseball game that night because mm-hmm. it was a 5 o'clock tip for that game at Iowa State. Then we go to Norman. We go to Norman to do the game, and that was the game where Eddie Orn and I are driving up uh, in his car, and we got diverted off the road. There was a gigantic accident on I-35 around the Turner Falls area, mm-hmm. and we got diverted off the highway, and 
it got to a really urgent, critical stage, not for us making the game, but for Eddie Orrin to find a bathroom. Oh, no. Because he'd had a lot of water, he was drinking a lot of water up and just had to go number one, and it was really calling to him. You didn't have a Gatorade so bottle in the room? It worked. We made it work. Okay. Got there. So then so we got there, did the game. It's good to know Eddie didn't soil himself on a road trip. So that's right. Two thumbs up. Did, did the game. Drove back to Dallas that night. In and, and the game, we were on the opposite side from where we normally are from the scorer's table because of COVID and everything, the pandemic. Yeah. And we had, of course, Dave Garrett, our engineer, had a had about, I, I'm not exaggerating, about 100 feet of microphone cable and stretched it way out with a headset. So after Texas won the game, Shaka comes over. And turns and puts the headset on. He goes, hey, it's good to see you guys. Waving from almost across the floor. When it was over, we drive back, stayed in Dallas that night. I flew to Houston Friday morning, did baseball. Baseball, that's right. Friday night. Ty Madden's complete game. That's right. Friday night, the the one game they won. Mm -hmm. Lost the other two. Uh, Weren't the other two walk-off losses? Yeah, yeah. The the last one, uh, or the second one, was was, uh, 12 innings, I think. And Keith Moreland had to finish that because I had to race. I know. I guess it was the last one. I had to race to the. No, it was the second one. I had to race to the airport and fly to Fort Worth to do the regular season finale at TCU on Sunday. We were sitting way up top near mm-hmm. the arena, and again, we had a wireless mic and a wireless headset. And Shaka turned around. Where are you guys? We're way up here. <laughs> Okay. So like at the media days, the coach, when he's up on the dais, and be like, coach, over to your left. And he's like, I, where, where yeah. I, can, I don't know. Yeah. I can't see. It was uh, it was a different time. I uh, want to get to some recruiting here. Or yep. I don't know if you had anything yep. basketball left to get that to. That was it. Uh, so the Longhorns picked up another commitment yesterday. Uh, DeAndre Robinson, 24-7 sports composite four-star defensive tackle out of the state of Florida. Jones High School. It's not the first time Texas is going to Jones High School in any sport. Yeah. I think men's basketball, Demarcus Croker yep. from Jones. Marcus Tillman. Yes. Another product of Jones High School. Uh, again, 6'4", 315. What I like about this take, Craig, and you can get the horns 24-7. we got plenty of analysis and insight and quotes and all that good stuff. What I like about this is when you look at the defensive line, the interior D-line depth chart and just kind of who's where in their careers, you know after this year Tavondre Sweat is gone right. because he doesn't have any eligibility left. Uh, Vernon Broad and Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy all have an opportunity to come back. Trill Carter does as well. Trill, Car- Trill Carter has two seasons left. But all those guys are also draft eligible. So you're one big year away from by one of those guys from losing them. The bottom line is by the time the 2024 season starts, or excuse me, the 2025 season starts, you're going to need uh, probably three to, three to five, somewhere in there, out of this group to step up and be frontline players for you. Uh, you throw DeAndre Robinson in there. Melvin Hills, who they just picked up out of the state of Louisiana, and Alex January, that's your three in the 2024 class right now, and they're probably looking at picking up another one at some point. But now that they've got three in the fold, they can be really picky with that third and really find somebody that fits what they do. By the way, you want to talk about big humans? That's just not yeah. the offensive line. Alex January, 325, and again, DeAndre Robinson, 315. Melvin Hills is 270, and he's the, the svelte one in the group. Uh, and then you've got this really group of intriguing guys, Craig, on campus between Zach Swanson, Sadir Mitchell, Jeray Bledsoe, and Aaron Bryant. And I even think Swanson and Bledsoe are guys that 
if you're playing a team like a K-State or somebody that likes bigger personnel, those guys can also function as five techniques. You can slide them out a little bit and give yourself some versatility. So really it's the three you've got now plus whoever else you add with Sadir Mitchell and Aaron Bryant. Out of that group, you need three to five kind of frontline type guys to emerge because think about how good Texas has had it. If you look at what they got out of the, out of the run recruiting down defensive linemen, really from the 2017 class up through the 2021 class, so really those last few classes, the classes that Tom Herman put together, and one of these guys I'm mentioning was actually recruited by Charlie Strong. In that group, you had Taquan Graham, Keandre Coburn, Moro Ojimo, Tavondre Sweat was in that group, Collins, Broughton, Byron Murphy. Those classes have brought you some really good, productive defensive linemen, and a lot of those guys are going to have a chance to play in the National Football League. What I like what they're doing, yes, they're recruiting big guys, but they're recruiting them in quantity as well. So they're not leaving anything to chance. Again, they want four interior defensive linemen in this class. Uh, DeAndre Robinson's a guy that uh, Andrew Ivins, who's one of our national uh, national scouts at 24-7 Sports, talked about, and we got some quotes from him on the site. DeAndre Robinson's a guy that, for us, for 24-7 Sports in our in-house rankings, he could really rise as a senior. There's some other things that they want to see on tape, but Alex January, Craig, you've seen him at Duncanville. Anybody yep. that's watched Duncanville has seen him play in the Melvin Hills. And anytime you can recruit defensive linemen from the state of Louisiana, I'll, I'll stamp that uh, and, and be happy about it. Malcolm Roach really good for Texas. Uh, even a guy like Gerald Wilbon that had his moments where where he was good. So I like Texas taking linemen out of the state of Louisiana. Baron Sorrell's Louisiana too. Yeah, also. I, I realize this may be a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. It, with, with all of the defensive linemen commits of late, are they still working Colin Simmons? Yeah, that's an, now that's an edge. So that's an edge. So that's right. they consider right. that different. Tackle, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's – you can debate, I mean, him – you know, Kobe Black. You got a couple of different guys that you can say, okay, he's number one on the board. Right. Colin, Colin Simmons, no question, he's in that discussion. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I think I think Colin Simmons to me, Craig, kind of like kind of like Caleb on Chase on just in terms of late in in his junior season, you mm-hmm. really started to see the flashes, and you're like, right. this guy hasn't even really scratched the surface yet, but mm-hmm. you already see the tools of what he can be. Yeah. Uh, I see some similarities there, just in terms of not necessarily body types or anything like that, but the progression both guys are making. Uh, we were wowed by him watching him in the state championship game. Linda had a hard time getting past the uh, the the violent face mask <laughs> against uh, David Amador. Tearing it out, said, "Trust me, he's a really good player. Yeah. <laughs> he's a really good player." He reached out, made a mistake there, <laughs> and uh, and they had like consecutive face masks, but not on him, but on the defense. His was the most memorable of that on that drive for North Shore that ended at the 11-yard line on fourth down and one. So, and again, this is another reason like DeAndre Robinson picks Texas over Florida, Ohio State, yeah. LSU, and Alabama. Um, Hank South had the commitment story. It has the commitment story up at Horns 24-7. Uh, Robinson told us, quote, I just really like and enjoy myself at Texas. I really see myself playing at Texas. I'm just going with my gut. And with Texas, uh, quote, having the opportunity to play as a freshman is a great opportunity. Go in, show everybody what you can do at a young age and true freshman. That's like you can't beat that. Right. It's so he said he has a great cool. bond with Bo Davis. So really, really good. take. And I, if I'm going to trust anybody on interior D-line evals, I'm going to trust Bo Davis because yeah. he, he made some good ones the first time he was at Texas. And granted, those were a little different circumstances. As I said, you know, Mac towards the end. Uh, and I think he would even tell you this now if you asked him, was so focused on winning 
that I think a lot of the normal stuff they would do in terms of doing some due diligence probably fell through the cracks. But you're on a little more solid ground now if you're Bo Davis and you can really pick and choose and, and, and get with PK and figure out, hey, I need you to recruit a, a group from this pool of guys, these type of body types, go find them. And, and obviously Bo, with his experience in the SEC, recruiting the Southeast and the state of Florida, he can he can go get those guys for you. All right. There's our uh, notebook for today since uh, Cam will be doing music survey next hour. Uh, speaking of Cam, by the way, you're, you're probably falling more in line with the flaccidity of the moment since I see that Jordan Spieth is giving yeah. back a shot to par. Yeah, He's bogeyed a hole. So. We're good. We're still good, though. We're okay. Right. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, up next, we have Inconceivable with a Florida Friday coming up next when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Okay, here we go with Inconceivable. It is a Florida Friday kind of thing. So, with the. Ooh, how about Ricardo from Galveston, though? We've yeah. got to get to this for. In, it's inconceivable to figure out what some stuff costs compared to what it did a few years ago. Yeah. Is there a bigger kick to the genitals than having to purchase a new AC? I was on the receiving end of these last two days as my AC went out. That's I could little... not possibly agree <laughs> with you more, Ricardo, having just been through that in May. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Remember when uh, Texas had to go to it was it did it or was it Oklahoma State coming here twice in a row in football? I think there was two times in a row, and they were like, "I don't need that." Or or Texas had to go up there two times or something. There was one of those deals. Uh, no, Oklahoma State. That was twenty uh, ten and eleven. Ten and eleven. They had to come yeah. here. Yes. Okay. Um, I had to replace two air conditioning systems in a seven year period. Because one was at the house in Cedar Park, mm-hmm. and the other just this May at the house in Georgetown. Yeah. It was one of the few things we didn't re- replace. Yeah. I did mine at the Buda house a couple there years ago, and you told me what yours cost, and me thinking about what mine costs. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's just say AC replacement prices have changed a little bit post-COVID. Yeah, they have. So, Ricardo. And that's one of those deals, like. Somebody else had replaced mine last month. It's one of those deals you can't go without that. Like it's like having a car issue. Like what else are you gonna do? You yeah. gotta you, you gotta no get choice. it fixed. You have no choice. Uh, you have to do that. Hey, Jeff, here's our fast yes, food. Yes, Craig. Burger King update, and it has to no, do with chicken. But it ain't the chicken whopper, is it? No, it's not. Sons of. They have two new recipes for their chicken fries. Oh, the chicken fries. Okay. The chicken fries. One is a chicken and waffle fry, which will feature all white meat chicken fries coated in a sweet waffle batter and deep fried served with a dip cup syrup. There's that. Pass. Okay. The other, chicken parm fries, all white meat chicken fries served bre- breaded with Parmesan garlic and Italian herbs and served with a cup of marinara sauce. So it's like cheese sticks, but... With chicken instead of cheese. Right. All right. Uh, Maybe. That could, yeah, that could be an option. Where do you stand on that, Cam? The new chicken fries. A couple of new ones there from Burger King. I don't think I've had chicken fries in years, so I don't know if I, I have, have an either. opinion. Okay. Cameron, you uh, you strike me as a guy that doesn't eat a ton of fried food. Uh, no. I, he, I is, probably... he is a McDonald's, you know, uh, app guy. Grew, in, grew up a lot, eating a lot of fast food because it was cheap. 
Yeah. Yeah. Tried, Cam- to, tried to get away from it because it's not too good for you. No, I will say this. I always see Cameron. Cameron's a big fan of leftovers, period. We talked oh, about 100%. leftover chili yesterday. I see Cameron bring his lunch damn near every day, and it's something in a Tupperware dish because I'm, I'm assuming those are leftovers in the fridge. Uh, mostly just meal prepping. That's, mostly look, meal prepping. Cameron, it's even better. Yeah. Um, Me, on the other hand, I stopped and got a pig in a blanket at Rudy's this morning. Which one of us do you think is going to live longer? <laughs> Probably you, Jeff. Probably. Uh, so Something's going to kill us all. Well, one thing that can, if you're not careful, is driving very fast. Now, you guys like to give me grief about being a fast driver. Oh, my gosh. Kind of oh, it's it's like, I feel it's weird because I feel safe when you're driving, Craig, but it's like a white-knuckle experience the whole time. Blitness is the same thing. And I don't know, I don't, it's hard to describe that, but that's kind of what it is. Okay. Like, Because you don't swerve, and mm-hmm. you're not like... You know, running up on people, trying to rear in somebody. Nope. But yet you're on your phone and just—I don't know—you're very, you're very in control. I guess you're one of the few people. People, my wife says this all the time. I'm like, no, you don't do a very good job of this. You're one of the few people that actually I think can multitask. I tried. I've tried really recently to try to limit some of the other outside activities while driving. I have tried to do that. Y'all, and, y'all want to get on a two lane North Carolina highway, driving to the coast with Craig with Roger Wallace in the back seat while Craig is checking super regional scores? Yeah, it's a white knuckler, man. But I was not doing 140 miles per hour oh. in a 55 mile an hour zone like Vikings receiver Jordan Addison was yesterday. Of course, I don't own a Lambo. I don't have a Lamborghini, and I don't. And I don't think. That one forty? Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I don't think Bijan Robinson drives his Lambo one forty. Bijan well. Bijan said he very rarely uses the Lambo. He has a truck yeah. for everyday driving. He got it at Leaf Johnson Ford. Did he, really? he did. I learned that <laughs> he got it at Leaf Johnson Ford. Where I got my truck. Uh, but Jordan Addison was cited. That's one way to put it for driving one forty and a fifty five yesterday. See what was it Henry Ruggs when he had his horrific accident? It, it was, uh, wasn't he doing like one fifty five? Yeah, it was something like that. I was that. gonna say not very far off from what this is. Pulled over for speeding and reckless driving around three AM. He was not arrested. Not arrested. How? Not arrested. Uh he was pulled over. There was nobody anywhere around him or anything like that. But he was doing one forty and a fifty five. And got pulled and cited for that. Cited is what it said. Um, so, um, you know, I was talking about this yesterday about uh, if you really weren't sure if you wanted to see Barbie or Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. you could Barbenheimer. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in uh, California, they're expecting a $200 million weekend with a double header. Folks planning to see the double feature seeing it because they're both Warner Brothers films. They're going to see Barbie and then go next door to the next one afterward and see Oppenheimer. So, yeah, Barbenheimer is is the way it's cool. being. I think uh, Lynn and I are going to try to see Oppenheimer. We have no real burning desire to see Barbie. I um, love Grant number two. How can, speaking of the Jordan Addison bit, how can he get cited? If we'd done this stuff, we'd be hauled to prison and we'll go. That's true. That's, that is true. Yeah. I don't mess around in yeah. Williamson County. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, there, there's that. Uh, you're a collector, right? You're mm-hmm. a member of Bill. How'd you like to have a stolen 
15th century letter from Christopher Columbus. A stolen? Well, i got to hear about this stolen letter. Well, the United States is returning a stolen 15th century letter by Christopher Columbus to Italy. It's written in Latin. It's one of the 30 surviving first editions of his letter announcing his discoveries to the New World and the American continent to Spain's King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella in 1493, believed to be a version stolen from the Biblioteca Nacional Marciana in Venice in the 1980s, found in the possession of a private collector in the U.S. So it's it's going to be that. Now, I did not see if it, it was, how it graded out, you know. <laughs> people there did not see how it graded out there, but uh, yeah. I don't know if there are grades you can put on And it wasn't, letters. It wasn't signed that said, to Ferdy, I found a new world, Chris. You know, it didn't. It, it wasn't signed or anything like Did that. Did he get a telegram back like four months later? Said new phone, who dis? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have a couple of um, Florida man stories, as you would. Uh, one's rather disturbing. Yeah, as many Florida men. This is in Sanford, Florida. Sanford and Son. Uh, well, dun, dun, dun. might as well be because. This man who was arrested for allegedly shooting and killing his wife is 80. It's an 80-year-old man. How long has this cat been plotting this? Yeah, Nicholas Kulantis facing one count of second-degree homicide. That's him right there. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, dude looked like he probably just snapped. Just yeah. couldn't take Whatever was bothering him couldn't take it anymore. The caller later identified as him, said, he said, yeah, I shot somebody, and he was still on the phone with the dispatcher when the officers arrived there. He was waiting for him in the front yard after going inside the home. They located his wife, Alexandria, dead from a gunshot wound. Investigation still ongoing. It remains unclear what caused the alleged shooting. He was cooperative, and um, so his wife was shot before he made the 911 call. Sad. So, can, we yeah. a, can we get a palate cleanser? Uh, maybe. Yeah, because when in doubt, uh, what's 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 the other uh, one of our pillars? Uh, one of our uh, pillars for Florida? Oh, men? meth, death, and animal attacks. Yep. I thought we were going county. All right, you can stop. So we've had how death. About, uh, so, uh, how about fentanyl? Well, that's, okay, you can add that. That drug related. Okay. All right. This was in Orange County, Florida. A Florida man was arrested for allegedly selling pills. That were labeled as ADHD medication, but it was actually fentanyl. Uh, charged with trafficking of fentanyl, uh, they shared a photo of the pills that allegedly belonged to Jaquan Jones McCrary. They found forty-three and a half orange tablets that weighed over eighteen grams. In addition to allegedly selling fentanyl, he previously allegedly threatened to shoot at law enforcement officers. He reportedly told deputies their vest can't stop a two twenty three rifle round. He was like bragging on that. So is he, this is where it's true Florida man. Do something like black market Ritalin or something? Yeah. He was like, can't stop my rifle. You wear those vests. They stopped him. So anyway, there it is. That's a Florida man. This guy might need to go to the cauldron. Coming up, Cameron Parker takes the music survey in hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn.